Hi guys, I'm Marie. And I'm Maddie. And we are here recording Lost in the Woods. Yep. Yep. So. How's everybody doing? I'm doing fine. Madison's doing fine. She doesn't sound very convincing, but she's doing fine. Okay, so I don't know about you guys, but we lock our door all the time. Like during the the day, whatever. Like you walk in, you lock the door. That's that's what everybody does. It's just our habit. Even the four-year-old, five. Even the five-year-old does She's five now. Oh, I can't handle it. The baby turned five last week. Yep. During quarantine, another quarantine birthday down. It's fine. We got a pinata. We we did the birthday celebration. It's fine. She got cake. It was great. She seemed happy. Yeah. She she's but not a complainer. A good reason to lock your doors. Oh yeah, you guys. Because <laughs> if you don't already lock your doors, you might after you hear this. So there's a serial killer and cannibal. May I add, his name is Richard Chase. Yes. And he only broke into houses that were unlocked. Yeah, so he actually felt like if the door was locked, he was not welcome there. And yeah. if the door was unlocked, then he, he saw was as, welcome. Yeah, he saw it as an invitation. An invitation to go in and to kill people and to drink their blood. And cannibalize their remains. Yeah, you guys. He's what, nicknamed... six people? He killed like yeah. six people. And it's Cal- this is California. Sacramento, yeah. yeah. And um, he uh, his nickname was the Vampire of Sacramento, actually. Oh, good. So, if you don't want to let people like the vampire of Sacramento into your house, maybe lock your door instead of treating us like we're crazy. But also, this did happen in the 80s, and I know, like, less people people locked their doors. I have always been a door locker, but, yeah. I I also do stuff like this. So. You also what? Do stuff like this, this podcast. We do things. Oh, we do things like this. Well, this podcast is new to us, though. We've always been locking doors. Yeah, but... Yeah, I think I've always been a more paranoid person. I don't know why or what brought that on, but I'm sure that's why Madison is too. But we're trying to make the rest of you paranoid with us now so that we seem less strange. So there you go. Anyway, that has nothing to do with our case today. We were just reading about that. I just came up on my Twitter. Well, and Madison's friends think it's weird that she locks the door all the time. Yeah. Even when she goes to their house. Even when I go into, like, their bedrooms and stuff, I'll lock their bedroom doors. Like, just out of pure habit of locking doors. Yeah, why not make it harder? I don't know. But, so we were talking about how people think it's weird that we lock doors, and then we started talking about serial killers, and, yeah. And there you have it. That's how we got there. Anyway. (laughs) Anyway, lock your doors. Lock your doors. Um... But yeah, uh, we wanted to thank everybody for listening Yeah, last week or this week, last week, I guess. Any we, week you listen. Any week that you listen. We uh, released our second episode to our first two-parter series, um, and that was a lot of fun. We enjoyed the two-parter series. It won't be like yeah. a regular thing, but we will do them every once in a while. Well, we have a couple we're some, working on that are Yeah, longer. just because some cases, like, there's so much information that like so much information we don't want to miss stuff yeah for sure but yeah hopefully you guys got out and got to do a little hiking or got to do a little walking nice. or anything really i mean hopefully you got out of the house somehow some way the house in like days the only thing <laughs> i did was go to the grocery store madison's gone to the grocery store in I days will. that's it it's fine. It's fine. It's yeah. totally... But yeah, thank you everybody for listening. We really, really, really appreciate it. Thank you to our Hawaiian listener. You guys, we got Hawaii finally. So now we just have Alaska yes. in the U.S. Also, we only have one section of Australia. That 
we don't have yet. Which, it's funny, we have like a unknown section of Australia. Yes, so if you're an Australian listener, let us know where you're from because our, like, our stats just say unknown, like a good chunk of For Australia. For a good chunk of it. So we're curious if maybe the, the unknowns are from the one area in Australia that we don't have. So give us a shout out on Instagram or on Facebook and let us know where yeah, in Australia you're wherever. from. Yeah. We uh, will post something too to like remind you. But yeah. yeah. Because uh, I would love to know. I want to know what unknown part of Australia. And you guys why are do from. we just have the one part of Australia that we don't have? For our Australian listeners, the parts of Australia that we don't have are the Northern Territory. Is the Northern Territory and then Tasmania. Yeah, that's part of Australia, right? I think so, right? Okay. I don't know. Yeah. Is it? Let us know, though. We're curious. Okay. Also, for our Canadian listeners, sorry because New Brunswick, New Brunswick, isn't on our map to scratch off. So we didn't yeah. forget about you. Yeah, we got New Brunswick, but it's not but, on our map. We don't know why. But it's not, like, apparently whoever made our map is definitely not Canadian because they know, missed a giant chunk of Canadian. Yeah. Canadian. I don't know. They missed Canada. a giant chunk of Canada. We don't know what happened there. But yeah, so today we're going to be talking about Lois Chaput. I think that's how you say it. I'm pretty sure. It's very French. So we have, for our Canadian listeners, we have a Canadian resident today. Not sure that's a good thing. Ugh. It's unfortunate. I kind of made it sound like a good thing. Sorry about that. So, yeah, for our Canadian listeners out there, we're coming your way. So, Lois Chaput was 52 years old. She was a psychologist. Um, she was a family and marital counselor, and she also worked with the Sherbrooke Detention Center. She was a skier. She was an avid hiker. She was a very strong, independent woman. Uh, she was known as a tomboy, which I kind of don't like that like categorizing people like that because it it implies that there's a certain way that girls are supposed to behave and when they don't behave that way they're tomboys i agree with that yeah but anyway she would be considered a tomboy people also said that she looked a lot younger than she was like 20 years younger and we'll post pictures of her too she does look pretty young so she lived in sherbrooke quebec in canada she had two daughters corinne and constance corinne was 19 and constance was 10 when she went missing yeah that's yeah, that's a pretty big age gap, though. Nine years? Yeah, so Corinne is from uh, a previous okay. relationship, and then Constance is actually her daughter with her long-term boyfriend, partner, uh, Pierre. So they've been together for a long time, and yes. Constance is their daughter. So it's a very serious relationship like when we talk about him. Like, it's not just, like, oh, her boyfriend, you know? Like, they had a kid together. And yeah, like... so when we call him her boyfriend, I mean, he... it's. I feel like he's more than that, but they were not married. They were just partners. On November 15th, 2001, so we're going back a ways. So Louise left her home in Sherbrooke, Quebec on November 15th, 2001. She was heading to the Joe Dodge Lodge. Tongue twister. I know, kind of a tongue twister. Okay, so that's at the Appalachian Mountain Club Visitor Center. Um, She was headed there for a long weekend in the mountains. She was going to do some hiking, on multiple trails in the area. She had no real itinerary set, though. Okay. She was just planning on heading there, checking in, doing some hiking. Okay, she loved the outdoors and hiking, obviously. I mean, if you're going to take a long weekend in the woods hiking, I would imagine. I know, right? Without your family? Yeah. yeah. She was especially fond of the Mount Washington Valley. Yep, place. which is where this all takes place. Okay. So White Mountain, basically. Yeah. So, so she had actually hiked there multiple times before. So this is not even her first time to the area. Okay. So yeah, she experienced, knows the area. Mm-hmm. Okay. So her daughter Corinne at the time told her, be safe and don't make things dangerous. She replied with, no, don't be afraid. I'll be okay. 
and if I'm not back by Monday, you can call the police. Which, this sounds kind of messed up, but, like, when we go hiking, we're like, oh. One, her daughter said at the time it was a joke. She was like, oh, haha, don't worry. If I don't come back, just call the police, you know? Like, we, we joke around about stuff like that, too. Like, that's yeah. a pretty normal thing for us as well. So, she crossed the border into America at 11.45 a.m. So, they have her crossing the border at 11.45. She also stopped at the Pickwick, uh, which is in Colebrook. And they know this because there's a receipt of her there. So I'm guessing she stopped for lunch. Or stopped to get like get something to snack on or gas or something of that sort. So she arrived at the visitor center around 3 p.m. and they call him a clerk but yeah here they're rangers so I'm not sure if that's what that is but I'm not sure but I'm gonna call him a ranger because that's what he would be at a visitor center would be a ranger. The ranger remembered her talking with a French accent and saying that she was tired after a long drive. So Louise had inquired about finding a short hike. She wanted to be back before dusk and sunset was at 519. That day, yeah. So instead of like going to the lodge and checking in, I think she probably just wanted to like stretch her legs, get in a short hike before it got dark. That's where I'm assuming yeah, her mindset was. Because it's a pretty good drive, and then not only that, but yeah, you it's just, a few. It's a few hours, and you have to sit through border control too. Yeah. So keep in mind too, this is right after 9/11. So oh, there's probably yeah. more of a wait at the border. That's probably why they know exactly what time she came through the border. The ranger recommended that she goes to Lost Pond hike. Just across the street from the station. Yeah, so that's like a really easy hike. It's right nearby. It's short. It has a good view at the top of it. There's like a lake up there. A little lost pond. Like we said, she had been planning on hiking all weekend in this area. There's a ton of hikes that wind through this area. There's even a Greyhound bus stop that's nearby where hikers can come in. I also think it's probably an opportunity where sketchy people can come in because there's a bus. I feel like if there's a Greyhound bus stop... A Greyhound bus stop, you should be afraid. Right? I kind of feel like that too. Because it's been in several of our episodes. But a lot of people do like take the bus in to go backpacking and hiking and hang out in this well, area and, and then bus back out. we went hiking like through, like did our long hike through Europe, like we took buses places. We stuff. did. Yeah, we took so a lot of buses. So imagine if someone yeah. came to this area to do that as well. Mm-hmm. So she set out that day and she was never seen alive again. Mm. It was low 40s that day, so cold. Yeah, I think that's cold, personally. I mean, for this area, like, if you're another Washingtonian, you're like, oh, 40s, like, you're fine. I'm like, well, I'm cold. But we still hike when it's 40. That's not yeah. unusual. And it was cloudy and windy, so not ideal conditions. Yeah, I mean, if you have a coat on or you have warm clothes, it's probably totally fine. Yeah. But, I mean, it doesn't sound like she was equipped for, like, heavy duty crazy weather so this isn't too this is pretty mild not too bad for the area also she's an experienced hiker so it's fine and that's also pretty average for the time of year that she's out here hiking too so her boyfriend wasn't really worried when she didn't call all weekend this wasn't super unusual for her and i don't know about you guys but in 2001 i did not have a cell phone i don't think most people did I think, I think maybe I got my first cell phone in 2001. I had a pager before that. <laughs> wow. I know. What a time to be alive. Real life. It's real life. But even, even with having cell phones, like during that time, people weren't constantly on them. No. They weren't smartphones. We weren't constantly calling or contacting. A lot of phone plans did have like, you could only send a certain amount of text messages. 
reception would have been sketchy in this area. So he wasn't yeah. very concerned when she didn't really contact him. No, and even if we were, like, to go on, like, a long weekend of hiking, like, it wouldn't be that surprising if we didn't check in with our current cell phone situation, you know? Yeah, we really don't. We're kind of bad about that. And also, We even have, like, satellite. We have, like, a satellite phone, and we still don't check in. No. Uh, it's fine. It's fine. I'm sorry, uh, guys. I've lived this long. Yeah. It's fine. Okay. So on November 19th, when Lois didn't come home, which this is Monday mm-hmm. after she was supposed to be home, her boyfriend got kind of concerned. Naturally, as yes, you would. Yeah. Well, and I think it was even more concerning because she did work from home and she had clients showing up for their appointments and she just wasn't there. Yeah. So her boyfriend called the police around midnight. So police discovered that she had reservations at the lodge, but had never actually checked in. So that would be even more concerning. So now it's Monday. You find out, okay, she's not here. So you get the police involved and you find out she never even made it to the destination she was supposed to go to on Friday. Yeah. Oh my gosh. So police found her silver Ford Focus in the parking lot of the Glen Boulder Trailhead. Okay, so if you remember the... Ranger had suggested that she hike the pond trail. Yeah, like Lost Pond. Lost Pond, yeah. The Glen Boulder trailhead is not the parking lot you would go to for the Lost Pond trail. But, like, I feel like I wouldn't take every ranger's recommendation. Like, well, maybe she looked at the trail and was like, oh, it's... Here's the thing. She also knows the area, right? So mm-hmm. it's possible that she's hiked the Lost Pond trail before and was like, eh, I don't, don't really want to hike one. that one. Yeah. Or she got to her car because... She didn't even need to drive to go to the Lost Pond. It was across the street. She could have just walked. Yeah. But she got in her car and she left. And this trailhead was like, I think, a mile away from the ranger station. It was a little further, but not far. Okay, so from this parking lot, she had many options to hike, right? Yeah, like multiple trailheads were connected to that parking lot. Right, so we have the Glen Boulder Trailhead, which is a 5.4-mile hike, but it's about 3,000 feet, over 3,000 feet of elevation, which would be too much, I think, for the time frame that she had to work with. Yeah. And that's 5.4 miles still, yeah, trip. Still doable, but it would have been kind of pushing it for getting back before dusk. Yeah. The second option that she had was Mount Isolation, which is a no-go for sure. That was a 11.3 mile, and it was about almost 5,000 feet of elevation. Yeah, that's a good size hike. Actually, I kind of Mount Isolation. I kind of want to hike it. So she also had the Diartissima Trail. I think that's how you pronounce it. But that one's about two miles, 300 feet of elevation gain, and there's a waterfall. So, so my money's on that trail, right? So none of these were far from the visitor center. But, but all it, we really know for sure is that she chose not to follow the advice. However, there is one caveat to that. Lost Pond Trail, you can get to that from this trailhead, but it's not a direct route. So... She could have gotten to the Lost Pond, like the the actual pond, from this trailhead, but it would not have been the way to go if she was going to go to the Lost Pond Trail. But there was a way to get there from this new trailhead that they did find her car in. I still don't think that's where she was going. The Lost Pond Trail was about 1.6 miles and about 300 feet of elevation. Also New Zealand. So it's really similar to the Waterfall Trail that she could have taken, and maybe she thought it would be more scenic. Yeah, that's what I'm thinking. I'm going with the I, waterfall. If I have an option between a pond and, and a waterfall, water, I'm going waterfall. I'm going to go waterfall. All day long, yep. Personal opinion. So we don't know what trail she had intended on taking that day or what trail she did take or if she did hike a trail. We don't know at this point. In her car that was found at the trailhead, 
There was water and chocolate in the which, car. Which I read that she always hikes with the with her water and her chocolate. Like, that's something that she okay. always has on her hike. I respect it. I, know, I want to know what kind of chocolate she had. I Sounds good. More concerning, though. Her hiking shoes were in the car. Yeah, so her hiking shoes are in the car. Her water's in the car. Her food or her snack is in the car. All concerning things. All concerning things, yeah. So since 1849, which I'm guessing is when they actually started tracking this data, about 150 people have died in this area. Most of them, though, have died from hiking accidents. There's a lot of rough terrain around here. One person was found with a plastic bag over their head, but that was later ruled a suicide, by the way. But in November, the terrain is a little more dangerous. There's still some snow in the area, but it hasn't brought out like the serious hiker or the serious snow hikers or ice climbers yet. Like it's not enough snow for that, but it's a little too much snow for most novice hikers at this point in November. And it's a little cold for most novice hikers as well. And just last year in June, two people died in two days trying to summit Mount Washington, which is in this area. So, I mean, even in good weather time, I mean, June is still a little cold for mountain summits, but even in June, you know, two experienced hikers lost their lives. So a lot of people have died in this area. I don't know if that, I guess that's kind of a lot for, I mean, it's a long period of time, but most of it is because of the dangerous terrain. Yes. Not because of foul play. So on November 22nd, which was Thanksgiving, her battered and bloody body was found. So she was fully clothed. She had been stabbed multiple times and she had a slash on her neck. But I don't think the neck wound was the cause of death. I think it was more the stab wounds that got her. And she was not sexually assaulted. She was found a short distance from the Glen Boulder Trailhead, about 200 yards away from it. Yeah, so she's pretty close to like where her car is parked at this point. So police believe that she was on the trail and someone forced her into the clearing where her body was found. Mm -hmm. Her death was immediately ruled as a homicide. Obviously. She had a dark blue backpack with a Canadian insignia on it, and also it had a matching blue sleeping bag with it. Yeah, which I think is part of the backpack. Like, it has, like, an internal frame in it. Yeah. And it's actually, I think they were, like, a set Mm -hmm. is kind of how I'm reading it. But the backpack and sleeping bag were not found. Yeah. Also, her car keys are missing. And remember, here's what bothers me. In her car is her shoes, her hiking shoes, right? Yeah. So why would she take her backpack and go on a hike and leave her shoes behind, right? She wouldn't. She's not going to take a big, heavy backpack and leave her hiking shoes in the car. Yeah, if you're going to bring your backpack out on a hike, you're going to bring your hiking shoes. Yeah, so I have a couple theories about this. My initial instinct tells me that she was forced into the clearing from the parking lot, not from the trail. Mm -hmm. I think that she never left her car to actually start her hike. I think that she was taken before that happened or on her way back down. So I think she either hiked up and came back down and was attacked in the parking lot or never left the parking lot. And here's why. Because her backpack's missing. Her shoes are still there. I think that she was attacked. But her chocolate was in the car. It wasn't even. That's why I think she was taken before she left for her hike. Okay. Yeah, that makes sense. So I think she was taken before she even made it out hiking. Because I think if she had made it back to her car and taken her shoes off... There would have been, like, evidence of her Yeah, or her snack would have been eaten already. Her water would have been drank, something. Something. But I think she was attacked in the parking lot. And I think that the killer drug her away, stole her backpack, stole her keys, and left. Maybe her shoes just didn't fit him or them. 
Well, and they were in the car, right? Like, maybe he thought the backpack had something valuable in it, and it was a quick take, right? Because if she's out hiking, I'm guessing maybe she doesn't have a purse or she doesn't have something else that would appear to be more valuable where a backpack could have valuable things in it. True. Anyway, so that's what I think happened. I think that the attack happened in the parking lot. That's my, like, maybe robbery was the motive. Maybe he left her car because he had his own vehicle or the killer had their own Mm -hmm. vehicle. So there was no reason to steal her car because they had a getaway car, right? Because that's a lot of people say that. Well, if they're going to steal the backpack, why wouldn't they steal the car? Well, a car's a lot bigger and harder to get rid of and harder to get away with. Yeah, for sure. A couple things. Like, did somebody follow her from Canada? Like, was this somebody that she knew? Yeah. We really don't know. This case is still unsolved to this day. One theory is that somebody followed her from Canada, but police kind of think this is a slim chance that that's what happened. One, they don't have anybody that knew her or anybody suspicious crossing the border around the same time. Yeah, as also like security is high at the borders. Like we said earlier, this is right after 9-11. So, yep. so security's high. They're tracking everything. Police think that it was most likely random, but with her work, she could have told a client where she was going, I guess. Yeah, so... She is a marital and a family counselor, and she could have made somebody really mad. She could have given advice to a couple or to a wife or to somebody that made somebody mad enough that they tracked her down, went to where she was going to be. But here's the thing. Unless somebody was following her, they wouldn't know she was going to be at that particular trailhead. They just wouldn't know. That's why I think it's more of a random. I think, But she did stop at the pick and what was the place called? She did she did stop along her way. She probably had lunch along her way. Also, she could have encountered somebody at the information center when she was there asking about a hike. Somebody could have followed her from there, seen that she was alone. Yeah. And and followed her. Or it could have just been somebody driving by and seeing a woman by herself and thought it was a good opportunity to rob them. Which terrifies me. That is terrifying, I know. There is DNA evidence in this case. Yeah, we keep seeing that there's DNA evidence in this what case. Kind of DNA evidence? I don't know. She wasn't sexually assaulted. She wasn't. Maybe the killer cut himself. Could be. I feel like that's a pretty common one. That does happen with a lot, knives. especially with this many and this brutal like of an attack. Yeah. Or she could have something under her fingernails if she fought. So, which it sounds like she would have been a fighter. Allegedly, there's DNA in this case. They have announced that, but we haven't seen any proof of that. This case is, yeah, and it probably won't be until it's solved because it's an unsolved case. It's only from 2001, which when you think, wow, 2001, that was a long time ago, but for unsolved murders. They're still working through the backlogs of other DNA. Yeah. I mean, the Golden State Killer was just caught this year. I know, crazy. I mean, or last year. Last year, I think it was. Last year, yeah. It's crazy. Okay, This is kind of strange. There are two other cases that people keep grouping together with this case like they're connected. Okay. So I'm going to tell you about one of them really quick. And we'll let you guys be the judge of whether or not you think this is connected. We have our own theories about this. But the first case happened on February 9, 2014. It happened in Haverhill, New Hampshire. The missing woman was Maura Murray. And I don't know if you guys have heard this case, but it is crazy and has nothing to do with hiking but she was like out kind of in the middle of nowhere so maybe we can cover this case because it's a very intriguing one i'd love to tell you guys about it but she was a 21 year old nursing student there were several odd occurrences that led to her being on route 112 that day first off she crashed her car into a snowbank 
passing motorists had stopped and offered to help her, but she said that she had already called AAA, which there is no record of her ever calling AAA. So I think that's kind of strange. But keep in mind, there's also a lot of other weird things that happen in this case. Like she bought a crap ton of alcohol. Like she was heading to meet up with somebody. Like there's other weird things in this case. We'll for sure do it somehow, some way. We're not sure. Maybe when we start Patreon. Maybe when we start Patreon. We'll do it as a Patreon episode. Yeah. Several people did call the police when seeing her car crashed. The Grafton County Sheriff's Department responded about 15 minutes later. When they arrived on scene... There was no one in or around the car. A search started and neither Mora or her black backpack was ever located. So she had a black backpack in the car with her. It looks like that was the only thing that she took from her car was the black backpack. Okay. Which is weird. Weird. Okay. So the only connection I see between Mora and Luis is that Luis's body was found about 20 minutes from Bartlett, New Hampshire. And that's where Mora had stayed before and had called the day she went missing. Okay. So she had called Bartlett, New Hampshire the day that she went missing. Almost like she was headed there. Mm-hmm. So that's about 22 miles from where Luis was found. Right? Okay. Also, there's a missing backpack. That's about it. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Then the second one would be on March 19th, 2004 in Montgomery, Vermont. A woman went missing without a trace in a strange situation. So her name was Brianna Maitland, I think is Maybe, how. yeah. She was 17 and she left from work and never made it home. So her car was found abandoned about a mile away from her workplace in an odd manner. So strange things. These are strange. Another strange Another thing. strange. Yeah. On Route 118 in Richford. Okay, a car was reported backed into the side of an abandoned home known as the Old Dutch Burn House. Not sure what the story is behind that. But... I'm kind of curious, yeah. So the car had knocked off siding from the home, so it wasn't just like... It hit the house, yeah. 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 And had pieces of plywood that had been covering a window laying on the car's trunk. So it hit the house pretty hard, I'm guessing. I guess it has to, right? Inside the car, nothing looked to be bothered, including her paychecks, her ATM card, glasses, medications, all things that people would steal. If someone was going to steal something, right? I would think so. But also, if you're dragging a person away from a scene, do you have time to go through the car? Well, then your motive... I think it depends on what your motive is. Yeah, but then their motive's obviously not... Robbery. Not robbery at all. So, several witnesses came forward saying that they had seen the car parked by the house with its headlights on, but no one was in or near the car. The next morning, a motorist stopped by to take a photo of the odd scene so they could report it, showing the outside of the car where there was loose change, a water bottle, and jewelry lying on the ground. Which, to me, indicates that there was a struggle. This case, actually, to me, sounds more related to the Maura Murray case yeah. than to the Luis Chaput case. I feel like Luis isn't connected. Agreed. So I think that... If anything's connected. Yeah, Brianne and Mora, right? Yeah. Like how... These are very similar situations. Like girls whose cars crash into something and they're abducted from the road. These seem kind of similar. And they're of a similar age, similar in time to each other. I'm kind of thinking maybe like have they ever looked at a connection for those two cases? Yeah, I don't think Luis... But I don't think Luis is connected to either of them. No, I do think that Luis was just... It's different. I think it's different. Yeah. Yeah. So the only real similarity to Luis and these women that I can tell is that they were within a couple hours of each other, location-wise. Yes. 
They're not on trails. I just don't see anything else that's similar. And the other two women are still missing, which means that they were taken away from the scene. Yeah. A lot further than like a hundred yards or a couple hundred yards. Yeah, which is where Louise's body was found right off trail. The killer didn't go through much to hide her her body or anything like that. Okay, so then I, I didn't see this one connected to the case anywhere, but I think this one sounds kind of strangely similar okay um there's pamela webb she was 32 years old so she's a little older okay yeah right closer Closer to to louise especially what louise looked like because she looked about 20 years younger right yeah which means she would have looked like she was in like in her 30s exactly so she was reported missing on july 1st 1989 so it's a little earlier right 20 years it's going back a little bit but but serial killers kill for Right. So And you never know when someone's psychotic break's gonna come, how you never often know. they're gonna kill, things you like You never know. Yep. So she was last seen wearing a denim skirt, a sweatshirt, and possibly moccasins. Pamela was on her way to see her boyfriend in Mason, New Hampshire, when she disappeared. Her nineteen eighty one blue Chevy pickup truck was found on the side of the road in the southbound lane of I ninety five in Bidford. Signs of a struggle near the truck. Her skeletal remains were discovered in the woods off of Route 3 in New Hampshire. That's So this is about an hour from Louise. So, I mean, it could be connected to any of the cases. It could Louise be. Louise or the other two. I don't think that the other two are... I don't think Brianna and Mora are connected to Louise at all. I agree. And I, I feel like this particular one could possibly be connected to either. Like, it kind of sounds like a crime of opportunity similar to, like... Something happened. Yeah, well, because um, on the road, Pamela didn't crash into anything. Right. Her. So her Chevy pickup truck was found on the side of the road in the southbound lane. There were signs of a struggle near her truck. So Brianne also had like signs of a struggle, mm-hmm. right? Her skeletal remains were discovered in the woods in New Hampshire. So like mm-hmm. off of Route Three. The medical examiner concluded that her death was a result of homicidal violence of an unspecified nature. So her body was too decomposed to actually tell what had happened to her, but she did not die of exposure or natural causes. She died of some sort of homicidal effect. So, and this was about an hour from Louise. Yeah, so also could be completely unrelated. Maybe avoid New Hampshire. I mean, I don't... I, I do think that this particular one sounds a little more like Brianne and Mora's, except for that her body has been found. Yeah, I mean, so... But taken from a road. That's another one taken from the road, which, that's crazy. The people are just being taken off the side of the road when there's other people around. Like, the Mora yeah. Murray case, multiple people passed her vehicle while she was in it, still. Like, before she was taken. It's kind of strange because these could be connected. It's a possibility. Like, I won't rule out 100% that it couldn't be. Right. I think that the other three sound more like they could be connected, and I think that Louise's is a different situation. I think situation. it just sounds like... So the reason I don't think it fits in, Louise was found pretty much right away. She wasn't far from her car. There's a huge age gap. So we're yeah. looking at, like, teenage to 20s versus 54 or 52. I've seen it both ways. She's in her 50s, though. Yeah. That's a really big age gap. So for a serial killer, that is way out of his type, right? Yeah. This one, though, is a little more similar to but Louise. But I don't think it could be connected. because I don't think this one can be connected. Look at the year. It's on White Mountain. But the year. 20, 20 years. Okay, so then there's the case of Sherry Roth. This was in 1977. So this one's... Going back a ways. Yeah. 
Which is... But we've talked about that. Like, some serial killers can live off of the fantasy of what they did, especially if they took souvenirs or pictures. Or there are other cases connected that they didn't get caught for in between. I mean, you never know. But she was found murdered in White Mountain National Park, which is where Luis was found. However, she was nude. She had been strangled. And her body was left just off the trail, right? So the MO's a little different in this one. I think maybe New Hampshire just has a lot of killers. I don't know. But she was a counselor. She was an avid hiker. She was actually starting a rape advocate group in her spare time when she died. I don't like that. Same mountain, different MO, right? Because she's nude. She's been raped. And 22 years apart. So again, are they connected? We really don't know. But there are some similarities, but there's also like vastly different. And I feel like most serial killers do not deviate from their MO that much. Yeah. So you guys decide. Let us know what you think. Like, are they connected? Which ones do you think are connected? Are none of them connected? Does anybody want to go to New Hampshire after this? Um, I mean, let us know what you think. Okay. So, but... I think that my favorite theory about this case would be the theory that Israel Keys yes. could be linked to I, this well, case. I feel like Israel Keys can be blamed for a lot of things because he cannot defend himself anymore, no. right? Because he killed himself in prison. Yep. And because he did crazy things to murder people. Crazy okay, things. Okay, so we mentioned Israel Keys once before. It was in the Pinnacle Lake murders because mm-hmm. he was looked at as a possible suspect in those murders. Which, by the way, sound a little similar to this one too. So I could see how yeah. the Israel Keys And Israel got... Keys, he didn't stick to like a certain way of... No, you guys, he buried kill buckets. Kill kits. Kill kits. So he would take... A bucket or something. He liked like those like Home Depot looking buckets. It's like, like a geocache. Ones. It's like it's like a killer geocache. But he would hide money and weapons, and he would hide them sometimes years before he committed the crime. So he would travel to these places all over the world, and he would hide and stash these weapons, and then he would randomly choose a victim that was nearby where he wanted. So he would pick his location. And then his victim was kind of irrelevant. So, which is he, why he got away for so Yes. Long. And we mentioned it a little bit in the Pinnacle Lake murder episode, but he was caught because he kidnapped a barista from a barista stand, if you remember that. He grabbed her out the window. Yeah. He, oh, so scary. He climbed in the window. There's a video. She tried to run. He caught her. It's horrifying, right? But he kidnapped her. He sexually assaulted her. He stole her debit card and her PIN number and demanded a ransom from her family. He actually took pictures of her after he had killed her, like holding a newspaper. He sewed her eyes open. Mm. It's so messed up. And sent that picture to her family. So he literally was caught doing this, right? And when he was caught, he actually confessed that his first murders had been in Washington. So I think he was in Alaska when he got caught. Because she was frozen. That's why she still, her body wasn't decomposed. Don't like that. I don't like that. So he admitted during his interview that he had committed his first murders in Washington. And his victims to this day are still unknown. So he said that he killed people in Washington, but the police still do not know who he killed. So at the time 
of Lois's murder, he was living in Nia Bay, Washington, which is about a two-day drive from New Hampshire. It's mm-hmm. about two days, right? He had told police during his interview that he had a weapon stash in Burlington, Vermont, which was about a two-and-a-half-hour drive from Lois. And he was known to fly places, rent cars, and drive sometimes thousands of miles yeah. to his so location like him, to, like, hide his trail. Yeah. So him driving, like, two days... You're like, well, how could, that, a, yeah. how could that be connected? It's a two-day drive. Totally he could be connected. literally did that. Yeah. To cover his trails, he would drive hundreds of thousands well, of miles. Well, and he might have flown to, like, Kansas and then driven there. I mean, he did some crazy, crazy things. They, Which is why he got away for so long. And also why they have so much trouble connecting his actual victims. He also told police that he liked to hide in the woods and stalk his victims that way. He would actually sit with, like, his rifle and his scope and search for his victims with that while hiding in the woods before he would pounce on them. Cool. So that's terrifying. He killed himself in jail, though, before police could really grasp the scope of his victims, although they think it's a lot. But he did admit to killing a couple in Burlington, Vermont. So that's close by. There is nothing. I I did track down his timeline on the FBI website. So basically they have this timeline for Israel Keys about where he lived and where he traveled. And like, that's how they've been able to rule him out from some murders is like, okay, he was actually traveling overseas during that time or whatever. Nothing in his timeline conflicts with him being able to pull off this murder. So something to consider, it was in the first year that he admits to his first kill. This is definitely in like his realm of time frame, But again, we will never know if Israel no. Keys was connected to this murder, which is so frustrating. So frustrating. So frustrating. Israel Keys is just frustrating in general, but I do feel like he committed a lot more murders than I think than so they too. found so far. But back to Louise. Back to Louise. Yeah. Her murder's still unsolved, and her family is still desperate for closure. So there's actually a seventy-five thousand dollar reward. Yep, for any information that helps solve the case. And here's the, so the cold case unit in New Hampshire, their phone number is 603-223-3856. Well, here's the thing that they're struggling with too, is that there was a week in between her going missing and her being found. So anybody who had been hiking in that area could be long gone by then, right? So they might have been gone before she was even reported missing, before she was found, So they might not have known that they saw something. Saw her. Yeah. If you or your family or anyone you know was hiking in the White Mountain area in 2001, November 2001, go back and look at pictures, you know, like find out if maybe you were in that area. Maybe you saw something. It's worth a try, you know, if we can get her case solved. Yeah. if, If any information could come forward that would help solve this case, I mean, that would be amazing. So... I feel like somebody had to have been in that area driving by that trailhead or something. I mean, who knows? Who knows? And they might not even know that they know anything. Another thing that police are still hoping for is that her items can be found. Like if we can find anything that she had that day, that could help police find answers. So dark blue backpack with the Canadian insignia on it, right? That's one thing. Her sleeping bag... Her car keys that have the S pendant on them, I feel like that could be something that somebody might not realize they've seen before. I mean, I don't know if you should turn in every friend that you have that has an S keychain, but maybe if they were 
of a decent age for, to be a part of this. I but mean, like, the police mm-hmm. have even served search warrants on flea markets and things for this, looking mm-hmm. for her belongings. Right. So, I mean, they are still looking for clues in this case. Um, help, there's a spider. <laughs> I don't know if you guys could hear that, but we just heard Phoenix scream, help, there's a spider. So we're, we don't really know what's going on upstairs. We're not going to worry about it. Oh, so funny. Help, there's a spider. It's funny. She's kind of like me where when we're in the woods, she doesn't care about bugs. But when we're in the house, they're like, they're trying to kill us. That's kind of how I feel. Like if I see a spider in the woods, I'm not worried about it. If a spider falls on me in the woods, I don't freak out. But man, a spider... I see one out of the corner of my eye or it drops anywhere near me in my household and it's over. Oh my God, really funny story. I was at the coffee stand the other day and I was like getting something and a spider dropped down from my window in and I just grabbed, like it was a pretty decent sized spider and I just grabbed the web and dropped it out nope, my window. Nope, And the, I would have jumped the out barista, the passenger side of my car. The barista stares at me and she goes, I have never seen anyone react <laughs> that calmly before in my life. It just dropped right in front of my face. It was fine. You know. I just moved it. Yeah, I, I'd be the person that crashed my car when a spider dropped down on me. I don't know if you guys have seen that, but it happens. The motorcycle? The motorcycle. Is that, I okay. saw a video. Wait. So, took the motorcycle out yesterday, and I got made fun of for inspecting my helmet before I put it on. This, which, it all stays in the garage. No, not my helmet. I keep my helmet in my bedroom on the top of my closet with my boots because one time I found a spider in my helmet. Okay. But... The helmet I wear is kept in the garage. The helmet you wear is definitely kept in the garage. But I got made fun of and then had to show the video of that guy who was riding his motorcycle. Yeah. So he has a GoPro on his helmet. Yeah. The video from Australia? Yes. And all of a sudden you see these spider legs crawling out of the helmet. Yeah. He's like driving on the road and he has a GoPro on his helmet. And from like the left corner... You see a tarantula climb out of his, like, face mask onto, like, the... And I will say (sighs) he did exactly what I would have done. He crashed his bike to get his helmet off. He did crash his bike on the side of the road. I was pretty impressed that he was able to, like... 100%. I would have driven into a tree if there was a tarantula crawling on my head. The first time I watched the video, I was confused. I was like, why did he just pull over and crash his bike? I didn't see the spider the first time. Yeah. And then I watched it again... Anyway, after telling the story, I'm pretty sure nobody's going to make fun of me again. But I just got to say, like, it's it's important. Yeah. Anyway, I don't even know how we got on that top. Oh, what are you doing? This is a reason this time. Oh, there's a reason? Ooh, what is that? A rainbow unicorn with wings. I love it. Me and Daddy need it. It's beautiful. I colored the whole thing in. Oh, that is beautiful. There's... There's hearts on the hooves. I love it. Did you know that we're recording? Uh, yes. Okay. Did you see this? Oh, the beautiful hair. The whole, this is the she does have beautiful rainbow. hair. Rainbow. How do you know it's on a he? Mm, I guess it could be a he. We it's love. So, we, it's a she. Oh, we love her. And that's what happens when you have small children in the house while you record. All right, back to the case. Also, I heard that there is a podcast on this, like a little mini one. I think it's like five episodes, but it's in French. So if for our French listeners out there, you can check it out. Yeah, I was like, we found it and it... Oh my gosh, we were so excited. I was so excited. And then it's totally in French. 
Oh, there's also another podcast. I think it's called like Crime and Stuff. It's like two older ladies that do it. I don't know. They did a podcast on it as well. But the French podcast. Yes. It's called Synthesis. Okay. I don't know. It's like a five-parter, but check it out if you speak French and let us know. If it's a good podcast. Yeah. Well, let I'm... us let us know what we missed. I did message them and ask them if they were going to be doing like transcripts or like an English version of it. And they said they're kind of working on that, but they don't really know yet. So right. it's still kind of in the I beginning. I respect it. I respect it because I know I only speak one language. Right. I'm not going and... to judge anybody no, for that. No. But if somebody can listen to it. And translate it and let us know what we missed. I, I mean, am upset. But I'm not upset because it's not English. I'm upset that I can't speak French. I know, me too. But they did do like interviews, I think, with friends and family and with the daughters. Oh, that's awesome. Which okay. is which sounds pretty cool. I know that the some of her friends and I think her daughter went this year, her younger daughter. They go back every year to this hike. They go back to this area to remember which is her. A, which is a pretty common thing for families. like that. Yeah, I, I think it's great. So... But yeah, if you speak French, let us know let what us know we missed. The, let us know how the podcast is. I mean, it's is. five episodes. It has to be good, right? There has to be at least more information. Yeah. but like, I, I did hear that it was good, though. Like, I heard from somebody that it was a good podcast, mm-hmm. which is why I went and looked it up. Which and makes then, me more upset that I don't speak French. I know. But yeah, I check it out. Let us know if you speak French anyway. Someday I'll make it there. I know, right? Someday we'll get there. But uh, yeah, thanks for listening, you guys. Yep. Yep. Thanks for sharing. Thanks for tuning in. We love you guys. Uh, Thanks for all of your great messages on social media. Let us know if you have suggestions. We love suggestions of places to do. Give us suggestions. What Um, you guys want to hear and everything because there's a lot out there. There's a lot to choose from. There is a lot out there. And if you've given us a suggestion and we haven't done it yet, it's either because we can't find information or we're still working on it. Like we have like about 10 cases that are kind of on our short list that we're working on right now. Mm-hmm. So if we haven't done your recommendation, don't take it personal. It could be that we couldn't find enough information or that we just haven't done it yet. Yeah. Yeah. We're working on it. We're trying. We're trying to get them all in there for you guys. But yeah, just stay safe during this quarantine because it's still going. It's still it's going. It's still here. Still going. But now you can hike. You can so hike now in some places, mm-hmm. in a lot of places. Go hike. We did get, get scolded for backpacking where we backpacked we last did. week, though. We did get scolded. They're like for that. day hiking only, and I'm like, nobody told us it was day hiking only. Well, also, I, I just don't see the danger of doing an overnight trip. Like, I'm not around people. Right. How we we were not around anybody the whole day. My, I know. my germs. Yeah. But yeah, we literally saw three people while we were. The whole time we the were The whole time we were there. And we were distant from all of them. Yeah. And the only other people that were camping up there were like three campsites down. which And we is... waved at them from the trail. We never actually had any interaction with them. So. But yeah. Thanks for listening. Get out there and hike. Get out there and hike. Or be active. Or do something or for your sanity. backpack and hope that the rangers don't get you. Or keep drinking. I mean, whatever. Whatever Whatever you makes you happy during this I mean, time. drinking is a great quarantine activity. I've been enjoying it. <laughs> I cannot disclose those things. Anyway, but yeah, thanks for coming and we will see you guys next week. Yeah. Yeah. Bye guys.